0: and welcome back to Franchise Schmanchise. We have returned, of course. Yay! Woo! <laughs> I am Jeff Bell here, as per always, the host of this show, and joining me again, as you've already heard, would be Mr. TC
1: DeWitt. Good to be back. Yay! Good to be back. Ready, ready to die the hardest, I think. Uh... <laughs>
0: Let's just let's just wait. Let's just hold that for I don't know like thirty more seconds and then we'll come back to that comment. Uh so uh, yes, as DC said, today we are continuing our Die Hard franchise with the two thousand seven movie Live Free or Jason Bourne. I mean no, live free no, no, no. Come on. or Die Hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I uh it's so close. Uh, <laughs> directed directed by the Underworld Part 1 through 12 writer and Helmer Len Weissman and starring a well-aged Bruce Willis back as, of course, John McLean. So That's as, right. as As per usual, uh, the course, of the point of the show, we're hoping that by the end of this episode or by the end of this franchise, I don't know, either one of those, we can answer that age-old question that just... It just gets to us. It's everything that everybody ever wants to know. The world wants to know, Jeff. The world does want to know. Did this movie deserve a sequel? (laughs) So let's act like the warlock and hack our way in the back door of this movie. Just do not hit the delete button on your way out. And let's begin. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> not, not, not your finest pun. But then again, it's Kevin Smith related. So how good could it have been? It's very true. Oh, was that a dig at the? Was that the dig at the podcast master himself? I don't know. That's like
0: know. that's like insulting God. I think on a podcast. Ooh, that's or, you know that's just like he, I feel like yeah. he has become the he is the podcast like king or that's he's the right. podcast warlock if you will. He ew, yeah <laughs> he's got a great
1: he's he's. This is good, Kevin Smith. I, why are we talking about Kevin Smith? But there was was a nice little thing they did in the opening credits when yeah. his name comes up and the letters disappear. The last letters remaining in his name are S I T H. Sit.
0: <laughs> it's like they did it on purpose. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know. In all fairness, I, since we're already talking about Kevin Smith, like his moment in the film uh, acts. It, it, it's a it's a double-bladed sword for me because. Like I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to Kevin Smith podcasts. I've been to a couple of his uh, shows, his live shows. Um, mm-hmm. I've been on a couple of the Hollywood Babylon ones. They've, I've, their letters have been written. I'm in the audience. You can hear me a couple of times talking to him. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And they love my stuff. I got to meet Ralph Garman, the co-host of the show. I got my oh, photo. with Oh wow, them. that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like just, You're it was fun bumping elbows with the famous folk. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm, I'm bumping elbows right now with a famous folk, Mister. Sir.
1: Who, it's, me? It, it's oh. you. Yeah,
0: it's you, obviously. I'm Why, but, uh, very
1: big in the Hispanic film market.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let us look at your IMDb credits for the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I get <laughs> <laughs> So, no, but, like, uh, so it's a double-bladed sword for me to, to see Kevin Smith, because, like, I do... I do I, I do have a, a chunk of my life where I listen to his podcasts and I do enjoy them from time to time. I haven't recently just because I kind of fell out of listening to him. Plus so, he has like seven of them. Yeah, that's all the man does anymore is do podcasts and somehow film movies every once in a while. Occasionally, Plus, yes. Occasionally. But the biggest thing is is like so when he shows up in the movie, A, it takes me out of the movie. Okay. Because it's like, oh, that's that's just Kevin Smith. That's Kevin Smith. Like that's I I I've I have become so accustomed to Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith and not acting. Yeah. That I kind of forget that he's <laughs> not like that that's not just
1: him playing it's himself. The, it's the warlock. <laughs> it's not Kevin Smith. It's Kevin yeah, Smith, yeah. the actor <laughs> portraying Yeah, yeah.
0: So I like seeing it, but at the same and it was it is kind of a funny scene, like him yelling at John McClain, but it is also <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> I prefer the Star Wars one. Oh, he prefers the Star Wars one. And he's pointing to Boba Fett. I just that is funny. I do enjoy that part. But
1: anyway, well, I'm I'm curious <laughs> into seeing how you feel about this movie. Okay, because because uh, this this is a divisive movie. Well, I will ask which version did you watch? So I I did watch.
0: I, I had a I actually had a hard time getting this movie for some reason. Um, I watched the I watched the unrated version.
1: Okay, that's what I watched too. It's okay. it's minor differences. Yes, I mean they they went for the PG thirteen rating, which was a mistake. It was a mistake because they should have just trusted that the R rating was fine and that it would have made money. But it was it was Fox's it was Fox, right? Yep. Their decision to be like, well, if we make it rated R, it's not that good. It's not going to make the money we want. We better make it PG thirteen so the kids can come see it. Right. I, I think that was unnecessary. I really do.
0: So now here's a question, and I was just looking this up because, yeah, because that was an R rated film. Is this the first movie, at least in my memory, is this the first movie that is from a franchise like this that they did? Was this because what's this kind of like the start of the era of them making PG thirteen versions or sequels to R rated movies? Because I well, feel like I feel like Die Terminator S- Terminator Salvation Terminator is two
1: thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. So this would have been before that, right?
0: Yeah, because this is 07. and then yeah. Terminator three was. 2003 but that that was being shot as a pg-13 that they went back and they filmed more to make it an r because people complained about it being pg-13 but i was just sorry you just talking about that just made me think about the idea that it's like well was this the one that kind of kick-started that whole it's okay to make pg-13 sequels to r-rated franchises maybe
1: Maybe. I but I stand by it. It was not necessary to do that. I think that even the R-rated version is a very light R. It's yeah. very light.
0: Yeah. Well, why is it R because he actually says Yibby-Ki-Yay, motherfucker" in it. Yeah, but and... you can say
1: you can say the F-word once in a movie. Exactly. So it's still Wait, a PG-13. you know what? I don't think it was Die Hard. I think it was Alien versus Predator.
0: <gasps> oh, I forgot about those cuz those yeah. were those were PG-13, weren't they?
1: hmm yeah. The first oh, AVP is PG-13.
0: Man, I didn't even think about that. And that
1: would have been 2004, so yes. And okay. and it was Fox. Freaking Fox, are you kidding Look, me? For, there was a good stretch of time where Fox was being run by an idiot, Tom Rothman, who mm-hmm. was running that business into the ground. It, by the time 2009 rolled around, the biggest hit that Fox had had in an entire annual cycle wasn't even a Fox film. It was Fox <laughs> Searchlight and it was Juno. Oh, man. Everything <laughs> Fox released for like a two to two and a half year span bombed. Eddie Murphy bombed like three times in a row with Fox. <sighs> but, that's, but this. That's, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this movie did not bomb, okay? Die Hard 4 did not bomb. Mm hmm. It did well enough. Maybe the PG 13 was, was a wise way to go. But they. They took some chances on this movie. It's, I don't know. I, I mean, this is what we're discussing. Is this movie right. worthy of being called a Die Hard movie? Yes or no? I don't know. We're about to find out. And I mean, um, that,
0: and that's a good question because it's like I do remember seeing because I saw this in the theaters. It was the first mm-hmm. Die Hard that I saw in theaters because I was still too young to have seen the first three when they originally came out. Um, Same here. So it's like, I never got, which I would have loved. Oh man, if Die Hard, when Die Hard airs in the theaters again, I will go see one and three in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I might even pay to see two. I, I probably would still pay to see two because it's still fun. <laughs> like that was still a positive thing. But like, um, but, but, but like, so I saw this one in theaters and I remember seeing, you know, I remember being bummed that it's like, why is this PG 13? It should be R because that's what Die Hard movies are. Mm-hmm. But I still remember enjoying it. I was yeah, bummed about yeah. a couple things. But
1: I I I walked out of this movie because Transformers had come out around the same time. And at at the time, people were walking out of Transformers saying, best blockbuster of the summer, Transformers. They did it. Michael Bay. (laughs) Right. I mean, people were flipping their lid for Transformers. I have zero love for Transformers before. I have zero love for them after. When I walked out of the summer movies, I was like, why is everyone talking about Transformers? Did no one see Die Hard 4? Because that was okay, a good blockbuster. So, okay,
0: let, let me say this. Let me say this. The, the, live Free and Die Hard is a good movie. I, I, I won't lie. It, it's I still had fun watching it. Um, it does date itself a lot. <laughs> what?
1: How? It's so techy. <laughs> That's half of it. Does it? Does it date itself? Does it date itself as bad as Die Hard Two?
0: Okay. Okay. So I will give you facts. Machines. Much. <laughs> I will say that much. That yes, it. it okay. How about this? How about, we'll, we'll agree to disagree in the sense that it does date itself as much as Die Hard Two does
1: as much i really? i refuse. <laughs> really come on there's hackers <laughs> they're hacking the system there's there is justin
0: long um, acting like every cliche movie hacker in, 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 or movie hacker where he's he's downing mountain, yeah, dew. mountain dew and cans of red bull and he's just typing away at all hours of the night typing with one hand as he's drinking and looking away from the screen and <laughs> it's just like you are every hacker since hackers in 95 basically came out it's the same <laughs> hacker but i will but like but i the one thing i noticed and i guess like which i don't know this is partially kind of sad cuz it's i guess it's it'll be 15 years this september but it, the fact that I have kind of I have kind of gotten used to this new genre of action movies post 9/11 or this this new storyline post 9/11 where it's a lot more mm-hmm. about like terrorism and you know people attacking from within and how that like sometimes the real enemy is not outside the country but it's actually the, inside our own walls and and that whole like right. paranoia. Right. Yeah, okay. I see where you, you, you know to... you kind of understand where I'm going. Like that whole
1: Yeah, cuz Hans Gruber was 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 using terrorism as his fake out, he was just a thief. Right. And, uh, what what um, Timothy Oliphant's character is doing is he's using terrorism and he's a thief. Right. <laughs> like I do. And that is a good
0: point, <clears throat> which I, now that you mentioned that I just realized he, it, it still comes down to just money at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just about making money, you know, and getting what he feels mm-hmm. he deserves. And, but but I, I i guess i hadn't i guess i hadn't realized like this is 2007 was when this movie came out so it had been 6 years but it still is very much so like that whole post 9/11 paranoia and and the yeah. our yeah. our sacred safe country is not as safe as it actually it, we think it might be and how it's so easy for something to you know one guy to take everything down um Mm-hmm. I just, I, I guess I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that. I don't really know where I was going with that. I just, I, I had noticed that. And I wanted to make a, a note of it. Um, um, do you? Okay, I guess, I guess along those lines, do you feel like this movie is the result of a post 11 world? Like, do you think this was kind of, oh that yeah. way?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. The the post nine eleven, especially in Hollywood, was very reactionary to it's. It was life art life reflecting art life reflecting art blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah back and forth um, it certainly is I, I i don't think that it had that it was i don't i don't want to give it too much credit to say that it was giving this deep paranoia um, message uh, this very patriotic paranoia message but it was was using the paranoia of the time for its narrative so you you are you're spot on that this is a a post 9/11 Film, action film, a, a cyber thriller, right? Um, more than it is even the Die Hard action type movie. Okay. Um, well how how I I see this movie is if if Die Hard one was the only movie that existed, and twenty five years later Fox was going to lose the property, and and this this is almost like the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the redux of that, where mm-hmm. it's like. Let's take this property that was a success in the eighties and make it modern. And this movie is the, the result of that attitude of how do we take a dated franchise and inject it with a modern sensibility? Well, that's easy. Parkour, um, uh, the grit of the, the grit of it, the, the cyber terrorism, the, the, uh, like it, it hits a lot of what the modern sensibilities of action movie tropes are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially in reduxed versions. I reference Planet of the Apes. I will reference Predators as well as it is clearly a modern version of the past. It's I mean, Force Awakens is a good example of that, too. It's like let's Mad Max. Yep. It's it's been happening time and time again to varying degrees of success. Where Die Hard 2 is just a straight up carbon copy failure of Die Hard 1, I feel Die Hard 4 is the best we could hope for in a modern retelling of this character in this universe
0: now going along along those lines that is very impressive by the way i i'm not gonna <laughs> lie um that's why i just let you go because i'm like yep nope you were saying it more eloquently eloquently you see i can't even say the word i can't even say the word. <laughs> you're saying it better than i can <laughs> um uh-huh. uh but like like <clears throat> going along those lines does this in your opinion, is this film the next logical step for the franchise then? Like, knowing what we've seen for Die Hard uh, 1 through 3, because it had been at this point, it had been 12 years since the last Die Hard, since Die Hard with a Vengeance, is this the next mm-hmm. step? Is this what John... the Like, the, if we have to keep a continuing story of John McClane, and obviously at the rate that we're going... We're we're not just gonna get more Die Hard with a Vengeance or more just small time stories. That there's a next step. There's another step. You know, like it's it's we start in a building. He's a superhero. He's now, basically yeah. becoming a superhero because it's like oh we start in a building, oh and then we move to an airport where people are in danger. Oh then we move to the city of New York. Oh now we're moving to the yeah. entire eastern seaboard of the east, the coast. east coast. Yeah, it
1: <laughs> like <laughs> it is. It is. It is. You're right. It's like constantly. It's that exponential growth of a franchise, um, and, and it's. It did something that the Mission Impossible franchise did as well, which is, how do you top the one before? You got to make your characters bigger. You got to make them more invincible. You gotta. You have to. Casino Royale. You have to. Uh, ghost Protocol. That's what this movie set a trend as well. Uh, if you think of James Bond and Mission Impossible, Die Hard kind of was doing it first. Of, how do we take our our would be everyman, And now he's unstoppable, Mm -hmm. but, but what this movie does well, is it honors what came before thematically. And it's been, it does what I've been asking for every time we've done one of these episodes where I'm saying, John doesn't want to do this anymore. He's going to do it because he can not because he wants to. And this is a John McClane who is literally dragged into the action. And, reluctantly so and has his young sidekick there to to be the the reluctant guy as well to be like how do you do this like uh, it's I, I the scene when he saves Justin Long from the apartment they're s- speeding away Justin Long's hyperventilating he's like have you done that before <laughs> and John says what kill people yeah and john has this moment of almost this regression this this post traumatic stress pre- way of saying yeah I have. And, and, I, and
0: yep. Okay. No, no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to stop you. You were you were doing so well, and I and I'm I'm fully on board with what you are saying. So I'm I'm I, I, yeah, it's a good point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's easy to rag on this movie for everything it does wrong, and you forget the things that it does right because this movie is funny. Yes. This movie has the reluctant hero in John McClane. It has a nice pace to it this has a good speed to it i will
0: say i will say this with this movie and i'm going to be completely honest and i really should have brought this up at the start of it but we got onto a tangent and went a different direction and i didn't actually get to say this (laughs) i did i did like this movie like it wasn't as bad as i remember it being i guess in my head um i guess for some reason in my head it was a lot bigger (laughs) and grander and more ridiculous than it actually is i realized watching it Aside from the ending, which I am a little bummed about, which we'll come back to um, in a minute. But besides that, the only other moment in the movie where I went, okay, that's... A little over the top is the whole uh airplane or the harrier jet crashing into the 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 spinning on-ramp and john diving out and sliding oh god down. yeah it's, it's the shot from the trailer is what it is that is the yes, only yeah. moment in the movie where i'm <laughs> like okay that's a little over the top but the rest of the movie i was kind of like all right yep like okay they're they they Okay, I I like I love the fact I love the fact that it's it starts with John going after Lucy, like I mm-hmm. I'm like oh well, yeah I guess that would be like his kids are gonna be grown at this point they're gonna be college kids so you can't completely if, you're, if you can't have Holly in it which again I do like the little callbacks to you know like when Lucy walks off G- going by Janeiro yep, yep like her <laughs> yelling that I I do I did enjoy that I enjoyed those those moments where yes it is still a diehard film it's still like yep this is this is you know 10 12 years later from the last one and john still mm-hmm. the, doesn't have a good marriage and
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and but here's here's something to consider to take you off on that tangent think of what they didn't do with john which had to make his life that much harder he doesn't smoke and he doesn't drink
0: that's true man i didn't i didn't uh, realize and that. and
1: yeah, and his smoking and drinking was a part of his character in in his like Die Hard three. You know, he starts with the crazy hangover, and that hungover John McClane was a reaction of Die Hard one John McClane. And now you take away his booze and his cigarettes, you could believe that guy's gonna be a little cranky.
0: I was just gonna say, is that why John McClane is so cranky in this one? It's just because he's just like I would kill literally kill for a cigarette and a drink right now but i can't do that you know
1: what i'm i'm gonna make a note of this i did not this this literally dawned on me as i was saying it Uh that they took away his booze and his cigarette this may be a conversation point we come back to in the next episode okay just saying
0: interesting okay
1: (laughs) please keep this yes because the
0: next episode i am i am also very excited for because i I, st- I I'm I've still only seen the first like third of the next Die Hard films. So. We'll we'll get we'll there. We'll get there. We'll get
1: there. We're talking about this <laughs> yes. Die Hard four right yes. now.
0: Yes. <laughs> let's let's continue talking about this one. So okay, you have a slew
1: of <laughs> notes. You have a slew. of I do. I
0: have a slew of notes, and and for sure, you know, we've we've already kind of hit a bunch of them. But, uh, um, I do definitely like the idea that that Lucy is very much so Holly. Like, her, her character, her the way that they're presenting her, the way they're writing, maybe not as, maybe not as, well, I don't know, she's kind of strong, but maybe not as strong as Holly was conveyed in the first film, but she is very much her mother. Like, mm-hmm. like just attitude, mentality, but when push comes to shove, you know, she may disagree with John, may hate John, and may hate the way he does things, and hates him as a person, but when push comes to shove, she'll be there to help her father, just like Holly... You know, like, you know, yeah, they were having a rough marriage and they may not be happy with each other. But when push came, you know, push comes to shove, Holly was there for John and knew exactly what to do. And, you know, like the fact that <laughs> it's a really dysfunctional family. The McLeans, oops, the McLeans <laughs> are a very dysfunctional family <laughs> when, when it comes down are to it. Are
1: they any more dysfunctional than any normal family?
0: No, and that's the thing I do like about them <laughs> is that they, they have their problems, they have their spats, they have their arguments, they have their disagreements, but at the end of the day, they are still a family. They do still love each other, whether they like to admit it or not, and are willing to... Mm-hmm maybe maybe to a degree sacrifice themselves for the safety of the other or to help the other you know like lucy could have easily died and they could have made her character be a damsel in distress character that was you know that no, she's, tough. she's tough she's tough and
1: i like she that she spits in his face <laughs> and he's like, oh you are your daughter you are your father's daughter
0: <laughs> and that's funny cuz when he said when you know when that when he says that in my head I'm sitting there going yeah actually that's exactly what i would expect lucy to be like that is the person you you grow up with, John as your father, you know, and you know the stuff that he's done. Obviously, this is just his fourth exploit of stuff he's done over the last twenty years, and you you, you mm-hmm. know what your father's capable of. You know not to mess with your father to a degree, and you probably pick <laughs> up on some of this stuff over the time, you know, over the over over time. But
1: yeah, and, and much like Lucy, um, Holly comes to understand what like living through what they lived through in one and two. She comes to appreciate, understand the circumstances and why why it's good that John is the way he is. I think Lucy gets the same thing in the end where she she I don't think she hates her father. She's just rebellious against him. I think that she has an understanding of who he is as a person by the end of this. I, and once again, Maybe we're looking a little too deep into a Die Hard movie, especially Die Hard 4, but I think it's worth looking at what the screenwriters may have been intending and what the actors portrayed on the screen.
0: Right, exactly. And that's I mean, I feel like that's the point of this podcast, too. Like it's it's us to give our opinions, but at the same time, we can we do have the ability to look into it maybe a little deeper and give them, you know, give the screenwriters benefit of the doubt. Or maybe we're actually finding what the screenwriter intended, mm-hmm. but possibly wasn't able to convey, just because of Hollywood, you know. Like this is the way. Yeah, things because go.
1: of a, a Harrier jet and a semi truck fighting on a, <laughs> a off ramp.
0: That is that is a scene that I would expect in like one of the Fast and
1: Furious movies. Um... <laughs> uh, I think it's been in the Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> Did you see Number Seven? The Rock takes down a helicopter. Okay. You know, which then forget. Does, it. Forget, does that, it. forget. Does that mean <laughs> he
0: stole it from this movie? Oh, wait a minute. Oh.
1: <laughs> one of my favorite one, one of the moments of this movie that is a clear, definitive line be, between what Die Hard was before and what it is now, mm-hmm. and what survived in that crossing that line is is the the highway tunnel scene where all the lights go off and all the cars are crashing. Turn down your headlights. What's wrong with you people? Uh, when when John turns that he's like you're gonna, you, oh, you're gonna do this you're gonna throw cars at me you're gonna throw and he gets in and he's doing his thing and he's speeding towards the answer and the definitive line between diehard as it was and diehard it is as it is now is when he rolls out of the car it shoots off the toll booth and smashes in the helicopter and that's the definitive line where diehard stopped being the 80s franchise and entered the new millennium yep.
0: that is a good point because I guess I y- even you could argue that leading up to that point that's when the movie starts getting the modern crazy action ridiculousness of of pump it yep. up pump it <laughs> I, I was gonna try to keep going with the song but then I worried about copyright uh, <laughs> pump it <laughs> Uh, but no, that, that's a that is a very good point. That is that is that is a very good clear cut uh, spot in the film, and it's almost like with with John arguing to himself and complaining to himself. It's almost like
1: him, It's almost like him as a
0: character is aware that. Is this where is this where this is going? Is this is this what I got to do? Is this what I have to do to to, to keep going with this in, in a world? That this is the t- this is this is... what you people want? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. Fine. We'll go ridiculous. And then he just <laughs> though, in all fairness, as impractical as that stunt is, that's still kind of badass that he takes down a helicopter. Yeah, with a car. that's a great. I
1: I and that being the line, if you can accept crossing that line into the into what Die Hard is now, mm-hmm. at least for this film, if you can accept that moment you're going to like the rest of the movie. And I think it's a moment like that, more than the Harrier jet, because if you made it that far, that's your own fault. <laughs> but it's that moment right there that I think if you, as, as a fan watching it, rolled your eyes, you were, you were done. Right. But if you were willing to go, I accept this, <laughs> then you're going to be along for the ride. And I think that's where I, I I always have liked this movie. I'm a defender of this film um, because I think it, it's unjustly hated at uh, and I'm Jeff, I'm certainly not trying to convince oh, no, no, you no. to love this no, movie. No. And I'm not saying I love this movie, but I do think it's it's much better than people give it credit for
0: when when presented in the light of this, like like everything you've already said, that this is the this is the entry into the franchise where they're like, look, we can't keep doing. The '80s Die Hard. That is a that is a that is a genre that is gone. That's not action movies mm-hmm. anymore. This is not where we're at as a country. It's not as where we are for entertainment. This is not you know the actors are all, Like this is not that we can't keep going that route. We're going to honor it to a point in the film, but there is a point where we need to move on with it and to take it as what would Die Hard be. Nowadays as an action movie, which really which this is another point I want to talk about is kind of kind of the Bourne films like that's kind of in my head. That's where that genre took a turn. Um, not for the bad.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're not alone in thinking that the, the Bourne franchise, the second Bourne franchise in particular is the reason we have the James Bond we have now. Mm hmm
0: which which is which is a good and I guess we could we could segue into that that because that, that was one of my questions I wanted us to talk about was was do we have the die hard is the die hard films this is I guess the two part or the die hard trilogy the first three I should say because obviously there was a big gap and the action genre changed between the mid 90s to the early 2000s or to the mid 2000s Yes. It, there was definitely yes, a yeah. shift in what an action movie was in that 10 years uh, which you could argue mm-hmm. every ten years there's a shift in action because mid eighty action movies are very different. Like *Lethal Weapon* one is very different than mid nineties actions to a degree. Um, right, right. Is the *Die Hard* trilogy what caught, what led us to uh, the Bourne films? No. Was do you
1: think there was a, was no, there just no, 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 a natural I, progression? Do you think? I don't. I don't necessarily think it was a natural progression necessarily in American film, but I think it was utilizing. The Asian film market. The if you look at like Oong ba, Oong Bak and like what eventually led to the Raid and the the highly choreographed uh, like Jackie Chan, but the the serious stuff that the that Korea like the K films were making that the manga, that, um, the Japanese films were making, which were injecting a different energy into action movies. But I where that might have affected the choreography. Mm-hmm. And I think French films uh, affected car chases. What really pushed movie action movies to what it is now is Spider-Man, the the Sam Raimi one, the superhero, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I'm not. I won't give it all the credit, but it's the the entry into the superhero, uh, into Batman, into Spider-Man, into the X-Men, into Blade. Like the the superhero genre, as soon as that. Became the standard of Hollywood. Action heroes became passe. Who wants to see Rambo crying to his boss? Who wants to see John McClane driving a taxi cab with Sam Jackson anymore? The younger market, the 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 desire for superheroes is what changed movies, action movies. Okay. And John McClane is a superhero now. Jason Bourne is a superhero. James Bond, e- Ethan Hunt. Those are the Fast and the Furious movies. Those are all superhero movies. They just aren't wearing tights and capes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I say it was that, that post-9-11 reaction of we need a hero, and the heroes that people latched onto were the superheroes, and from a company's sense, the only way to keep up with those superheroes is to take existing name, name recognition and make them superheroes. Right, right.
0: Very good point very good point I have
1: again I have where <laughs> to
0: follow with that that is very good I'm sorry no, I, I, I don't <laughs> know if that's
1: what you're looking for but no, that's it, that's my analysis of it it. It, it, <laughs> it was
0: it was it was just it was my next I I didn't know I that was the question that popped in my head when I was uh, watching
1: this and I'm like okay I I don't know I, I'm sure you could someone could argue with me on that someone could could disagree with me on that but uh in 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 particular not not just spider-man not just spider-man mm-hmm. I, I forgot a major major component into what changed action movies forever the matrix oh yes the first matrix yes. 1999 pre-9-11 but but the pre-matrix era of actually matrix changed everything it's we've seen the effects of that trickle into the superhero movies into into the james bond franchise into this diehard franchise
0: because it, it definitely going go, kind of went back to what you were talking about. Like, the Matrix film took what we knew as action movies, and it, I'm not going to say it, it pushed up to, it, it, it doubled it. It sped it up. It gave you a mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. Heavier, heavily influenced
1: by Heavily influenced by Asia as well. Yep, exactly. And that, that's a
0: good point, like what you were saying earlier about that. That's a huge influence on what became our more modern action films, like in pacing and choreography. Um, that's a good point. That is a good point.
1: Man, bigger, better, better, like yeah, faster. Everything
0: <laughs> seems to be faster. That's 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 the natural way of things. As an editor, I sit dealing with timing and pacing for stuff all every day, all day long. So when it comes down to like when I watch these movies, that's the first thing I see. I look at a movie and I pay attention to the way it's edited. I I recently finished up watching House of Cards and the entire time for season four, the entire time I'm watching House of Cards now, all I can pay attention to is the editing. And I'm like, oh, well, the pacing of this is different. Like how they're doing this, they're cutting it. Like that's all I pay attention to. So when I watch movies like this, like going from Die Hard, which is actually a fairly fast-paced film considering the era that it's from, it feels.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's why. It, that's why it holds exactly. up. I don't know if we mentioned that in Die Hard one, but it is the editing of that movie that makes it thrive today to this day.
0: Because that is not like you can compare that movie. You can compare that movie to dozens of eighty other eighties movies, other eighties action movies for that matter. And you get it, it is a whirlwind of a film, just in the pacing of stuff. <laughs> and you know, in Die Hard, even Die Hard, you know, Die Hard Two did it. Die Hard Three, you know, a Vengeance definitely is a fast-paced movie. A um, little more in line with the mid nineties for pacing. Uh, but and then this one, just yeah, this is. It feels like a early, like a mid two thousands action movie because that the pacing is already faster, the cuts are already faster. There's more camera shots. Yeah,
1: and I I like the pacing. This oh, there's yeah. the one of my favorite fights in the movie and it is the it's uh, oh shoot what's her name um it's the female yes uh, action character this uh uh hold on Matt, thank you I had it up yeah. and I could not find it yeah. to her. yes I I love when so she has her gun on Justin Long and he's you know, doing the, okay, I'm getting rid of my, my, my bug here. And then John comes in with the car, slams in her, and they have the whole elevator sequence where the car is dangling from in the elevator shaft. That's a great sequence. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he's getting his, he's fighting a woman. And it's not, and there's nothing, I don't watch that sequence and feel uncomfortable. Because occasionally when you watch an action hero fight an action heroine, it converge on a weird wife beatery yeah. kind of uh but no, there he is like barely holding his own against her and it's it's got a good sense dark sense of humor to it and she's she kicks ass. Like she's a great heavy. She's the heavy of the movie. Her, her and the uh, parkour sniper yes. are the two heavies that John has to fight.
0: And I and I did notice like one thing, and this is what generally tends to happen for a lot of a lot of movies in general. Whenever there needs to be a scene where a man has to fight a woman, and it's not like you know couple beating each other or anything like that. When when it's like a scene like that, there's always and and John, and they did it with John. John is reluctant to fight her and to hurt her <laughs> he he does he i think he throws a punch or he, you know he like knocks her away but he doesn't have the intention yeah he doesn't have the intention of actually like full blown fighting her until yeah. she starts kicking his ass and then at that point it's like oh he's like okay this is what we're gonna do fine all right i'll kick your and then it's like okay self-defense sorry uh you know
1: because i'm sorry she can't come the front now last time i saw her she was at the bottom of an elevator shaft <laughs> again with a car on top of her
0: <laughs> again i will say this john john's and again this was my surprise because going into this i really had a different image in my head but again it's been years since i've watched this one so i've my opinion has changed on how these things are structured. But I really notice I'm like, yeah, no, John is still John. Like, he is still John McClane. The li-, like you said, like, the little bit of him in his car going, you get, is this what we have to do? And, like, just the character, his sarcasticness is still there in the scene with the warlock in through the entire movie. Like, just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it is still John McClane.
1: So, because it's... And, and. Not just the smartass, not not just him being a smartass, yeah. but his sensitivity to his circumstances. I already mentioned the the moment of Have you done that before? Yeah, I've done that before. And he has a nice tête-à-tête with with Justin Long about you, sometimes you have to just be that guy. And Justin's I can't I can't be that guy. He's like, well, maybe you will. And, and in the end, it's like, hey, you're that guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And his, his he's focused on stopping this bad guy. And he's smart enough to see the clues. It's that detective nature in him to see, to recognize that, that Timothy Oliphant's character is, you know, there's something more at work here and working at, but as soon as his daughter is in any danger, he is laser focused on saving her. Yep. And he, he's, he's mentored Justin Long all along the way, giving him all the tools he needs to step up and save the world. And all John wants to do is save his daughter Mm -hmm. And that is, that's, that's really good. That is really good. It honors the character really nicely. Because he still cares about other people. Like, oh, and that was, that was
0: one of the other notes. Um, right in near the beginning, uh, after they switch all the, the stoplights to be on and off and then back on. And so the accidents happen. When John gets out of his car, the first thing he does is he goes and asks other car, pe- people in the car, are you okay? Is everything okay? Just call yeah. the cops. And yeah. it'll be okay. Like, I made a note of that being like, he... Yeah, no, that's still him. Like, that's exactly, like, John still does care about other people. He's not just in it for his own good, you know. And as much as he hates being involved in this, he's still a good cop. He is still taking care of what he needs to take care of and do what he needs to do. And and it is it is very much so. <laughs> Sorry, I just read one of my other notes. Sorry, one of my other comments was so John like CCR. I just like that bit. Um, <laughs> I like that It's credence, of course. Well, you don't
1: you don't know credences,
0: and that was the other thing. Well, I guess because I am finding more positives with this movie than I, I guess I thought I was going to. I do like that they're they're acknowledging the fact that the die hard movies for for people who were probably going to go see die hard a lot of them were people who had seen the originals who probably grew up watching the originals or who were already you know adults and that well they would have been adults if they saw them in theaters so what it's yeah. doing this movie is addressing the fact that it's been 12 years since the last entry there's a new generation of people watching films and here's mm-hmm. a character who is really not a character you would kind of expect to be in a modern action film He is an older character. He's stuck in his ways. He's 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 your dad at this point, you know. For the people who are watching it, you relate more to to um, Lucy,
1: Justin, and Justin. Oh no, no, sorry, and Justin. I'll say I'll say Justin Long's character because Justin Long's character. Okay, so the first Die Hard, you leave that movie thinking I could be John McClane. Die Hard Four, no way, you cannot be John McClane. You cannot relate to John McClane, but you can relate to justin long's character that he's he's the one who's like i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this and and john mcclain mentored him into saying yeah you can and you can walk out of that movie going hey maybe the geeky computer tech guy can get the pretty girl as mary elizabeth winstead
0: (sighs) who is very pretty uh (laughs) don't tell john i said that about his daughter
1: can i can i one comment i want to make. And it's particular, and it's a particularly impressive because it's Len, it's Len uh, that did this. Mm-hmm. Lucy is not objectified at all in this movie, and that is super impressive. That is very because, true. Because like even when she's even when she's tied to the chair, the camera is from her collarbones up, and they never go to that medium shot to show her arms tied behind her back and her heaving bosom. Yep. No, there she is never objectified once in this movie, and that is really impressive particularly from this director (laughs) yes who objectifies the hell out of his wife yes (laughs) yes which i thank him for on a regular basis
0: she is very ah that's kate beckinsale right but no, no. <laughs> Sorry, what? It's yeah. Magazine, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was but no, he doesn't I objectify
1: Lucy, and I think that's really impressive. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which, which, and and in this era, which we're at that point now, and I, I feel like now it's starting to kind of taper off again. Like it's not as common for them to do that. But we're smack dab in the middle of the two thousands, where we still or Hollywood still does that on a regular basis. I actually, I guess you could argue Hollywood still kind of does that on a semi regular basis, but just not as much.
1: Watch any Fast and the Furious movie and you will get a shot of that girl's bikini ass. Any Transformers movie? I don't know who she is. She's just that girl oh, guy. Anything <laughs> Michael Bay does.
0: <laughs> but it's it's very much so, yeah. And that's a good that's another good point. You you he doesn't. She is just Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
1: Well, what other notes you got on that old you list there, me. old sir, you, there. You, you the keep lista.
0: stumping me. You keep stumping me. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the acting. Since we were talking so much about John. And, and 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 his character seems to be very much so still in line with John McClane. He is John McClane. I think Bruce Willis did a decent job performing that. Like, this is just... This yeah, is, This yeah. is him... I, he cares. Ten years later, you know?
1: Yeah, I, it looks like he actually gave a shit.
0: Yeah. It didn't look like he was phoning it in. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I have seen some Bruce Willis movies where he does appear to be just phoning in the movie, which sucks because i do enjoy him as an actor he, he again die hard yeah, is, when he's on. when he's on he's a great actor <laughs> when it's a movie he just doesn't really seem to care about you can tell that he is just there cop out yes cop out <laughs> is a huge movie directed by kevin smith that he is obviously just phoning in that entire <laughs> that he doesn't want to be there and according to kevin smith's but he's, bio he didn't yeah. want to be there so
1: yes <laughs> but he's no no John McClane. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis wants to be there. Great, great chemistry with the always great Justin Long. Yes, I love Justin Long. I've loved him since Ed on NBC. <laughs> I love this guy.
0: Justin Long does the character he played in this movie very well, <laughs> which which that's not an insult. He does it really well. He's he he does play the like kind of the nerdy or just the everyday guy like he's not big and muscly he's not you know super like he's he's a decent looking man he's not gorgeous quote unquote as some (laughs) keep going keep going i don't know where to go with this i I, I feel like i'm falling (laughs) into a rabbit hole no but he he's he is a very much so everyday guy
1: yeah he's got great comedic timing he's he is uh He's him and John, him and Bruce have a great chemistry back and forth. And that's a credit to the script, but that's a credit to the two of them to be able to play off each other so well.
0: Uh, Yeah. yeah. My one, and I do, and this was what you can gripe. You can gripe. No, 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 no. I agree. Justin Long did a really well, really good job. He does portray the character that I have seen him do a a handful of times, but that's not bad. I am not complaining about that because he does that character really well. And I continue to believe. I'm like, yep, nope, that's exactly... If that's exactly what I would probably be doing in this situation right now, which is hyperventilating and being like, man, I just want some candy, man. I got just, (laughs) do you have any food in there, man? And just little sarcastic comments when it's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna been awake for like 24 hours. Come on, give me a break. Like, just like, that's exactly what I I would, I would just be complaining nonstop, I think, in 90% (laughs) of these situations. And Justin Long does that really well in this movie. Uh, We already discussed Maggie Q. She does a really good job as, Practically a silent character, you know. She's 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 almost a silent character the entire film. She does speak a few times, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. obviously what helps Justin Long realize, you know, who she is because he talked to her and
1: she did talk because of her sexy, sexy voice. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, The one person I do want to talk about is I do want to talk about uh, Timothy Oliphant.
1: Timothy Oliphant, always
0: talking through clenched teeth, and I never (sighs) understood that. John, come over here right away, so that we can talk a little bit. Good. Good. You don't Are understand. You, sure? you just went through a wall. <laughs> Get him! Find him! He is an actor. Now, I've seen him in a couple things. Um, obviously, I know of him. I know him. I have seen him in enough movies. He's. But let's just a limit, to, limit it to this movie. What did you think about his performance in this film? Was it a good performance or did he or or yeah, was it a good performance or was it a bad performance?
1: Uh, In your opinion, I I think with the um, I'm going to preface without answering yes or no Uh, (laughs) with the direction this movie went and amping it into a modern era action movie. uh, It's it's amazing that the majority of this cast grounded the movie. But when you think of all the diehard movies, all the villains are big. Mm-hmm. Hans Gruber is big. Uh, uh, General uh, Felicimo, I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> like the diehard, all the yep. villains are are big and theatrical and ham it up. And I will give Timothy Oliphant credit for hamming it up differently than the villains that have come before him. But he is hamming it up
0: <laughs> almost, almost too my i, I, I hmm, hmm. my <laughs> note was his performance felt flat to me um he didn't like I, I i get the point that he is a guy who again his his character arc is that it's post 9/11 and he went to the government basically say, like warning them that this is what could happen and i am the one they can fix and prevent this from happening they said basically bullshit no No, it's not and then he does it to prove yes it can happen and basically he is a he becomes he he becomes the thing that he was trying to prevent so it's a little like a tragic story to it so i guess i you know really to, to to that to that end there's not a lot maybe to work off of and maybe that's why i just i felt like I don't know. Maybe maybe I wanted more intensity or maybe I wanted more of like the Hans Gruber like motivation <laughs> to him and kind of like like false sense of well I'm actually like like Hans Gruber where he conveys himself as a you know well
1: it's all pretense. It's all pretense. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's what I'm lacking in in Thomas Gabriel is that he needed that and not as much of the he basically just got screwed over. And this is a guy who's just pissed. Yeah,
1: actually, to come to think of it, he he is he is very weak as a villain. I don't mean that the character is written weak or that his performance is weak. Is that he has he is outsmarted by John McClane and a computer hacker from the middle of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and he's all ego with Hans and Simon uh, Gruber. <laughs> um, they they have a gravitas to them. But it says something that the modern diehard villain is a wuss. He is a little wiener. <laughs> he has everyone pushing the buttons for him, and he's he is he is uh, uh, annoyed, and he gets a. Uh, he i could see him on youtube commenting like <laughs> as a younger man
0: <laughs> like he is he is literally like the internet troll he is that person who <laughs> will hide behind his you know hide behind a computer screen and and do all this stuff and and just to get his own way and to feel like he's more powerful and i guess maybe there's maybe there is no way to actually convey that so i guess that kind of comes down to the writing that you know yes it is it is a nice change for the for the the villain of the film to be a character who like you said is is a little weaker meeker and that he was able to be taken down so easily which i guess that does go into my one my one last comment before we just start wrapping things up because we're already a decent chunk into this episode um we still have to talk about what we want the next one to be or what this one could be um yeah there's so much we have to do but like i i guess like i guess maybe that's just how he because that was it was written that way there is he did exactly what the character should have been, and, you know, it's just a guy who was pissed, he did get his way, and fine, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, screw you over, just because I didn't get the way, I didn't get my way, so, you know, forget you guys, I'm gonna...
1: He's the weakest, he is the weakest diehard villain. Okay. I think it's a, that's fair to say. I would,
0: I would definitely say that, to this point, because, because even, even the, the bad guy from P2 was still, like a, you know, like a former military, you know, like, he... He was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, he still had something to him. And maybe, again, maybe that is why seeing Thomas Gabriel, he feels so much more weaker is because we've had, like, been part of, like, military coups and military guys and more former, like, Soviet or, like, 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 hidden forces or secret forces. And then we get this guy who basically is a computer tech who is, like, screw you all i'm gonna do exactly what you said i'm very upset right now and maybe that is why but that's the thing you couldn't make it be a military guy post 9-11 you couldn't make it be um, an american military guy thomas gabriel because they're the heroes exactly because this is post 9-11 which you can't say anything bad and this this could be this could be taken badly and don't not intended by all (laughs) means but in hollywood's frame of mind you can't make an american military related man be the bad guy because five years after 9-11 that they are all the good guys right you know they which they still are the good guys i'm just saying like hollywood's very conscious about (laughs) this i have to preface myself i don't want anybody pissed at me it's no no you're two and and a half years of doing podcasting and it's like i don't want people pissed sorry (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, hey, you—you you probably have a few more notes on there. Why don't we try to rapid fire them? The, the biggest—the
0: uh, biggest thing was just I, the last thing that I really, really do have that I just kind of want to hit on is—is is the ending of the movie. Um, I do—I still remember that. I, I remember when John shoots Thomas Gabriel through his through through the wound through his own through his shoulder, shoulder yeah. which of like, yep, okay, that's still kind of badass. Even more badass when you actually get to hear him say, "Yibikaya, motherfucker." That's just
1: that's like,, okay,
0: that's John. Yeah, that's what he would do. There we Here go. We go.
1: That's what we need to hear.
0: Um, but the fact that he shoots him, and I remember in the movie theater when he so you know Thomas Gabriel falls back into the car and it's slow motion, and it's like, okay. Oh, but he's not dead yet. No, we're going to get this whole, like, little, he's still alive, he's going to come back. And then, and then, and then Lucy, or no, no. And then, um, and then uh, Justin Long's character is going to actually shoot him. Or, like, like I'm sitting here trying to think of, like, like, what's going to happen? He's still going to come back. And then you, you never, you never see him again. And then there, that's and it. it. That's the he's end. Done. It's like, wait, what? That, that to me, that <laughs> ending, and this, this is my last note, that ending felt very anticlimactic. For Mm. this for a diehard movie and for this movie, I felt like it could have used one more action beat unless do you think that would have been cliche and they were maybe not trying to be cliche?
1: No, I think it's up to that point with uh, with everything that this movie has done to end it with that single gunshot is anticlimactic, right?
0: Like he freaking John jumps out of a of a, a semi truck and and lands on his explosion fire fire explosions <laughs> and and throwing a car at hell. Cats helicopter. and dogs
1: and, living together, yes, mass it's, hysteria. It was,
0: it's just all over, all over. And then it's it's a gunshot. But maybe that <laughs> again, maybe the screenwriter was going for the route of because we have a character, we have a villain who already who is. a a computer tech, a programmer guy is all that he is. He's not a military guy. He doesn't have a lot of strength behind him that by John taking him out with a gunshot is almost more realistic in the sense that that probably would have been all it would have taken for in in, in real life from a
1: from a very realistic film to begin with.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fire and a semi and explode in a sliding. I wish you guys at home okay. could see my okay. hands moving. So, anyways, <laughs> so that's all I have for. So for, for so that. here's the question. Yep. Here's the yep.
1: question. we we'll, uh, and and we can we can answer the question with with uh, with both sections, which is does this movie deserve a sequel? And if so, what should it be? Okay. So we'll try normally we do we answer the question and then we ask what our perfect scenario would be. We'll just rope it mm-hmm. together because we've we've gone a little lo- who knew we would have so much to say about this film? I bet you didn't realize we'd have so true. much to say about this film.
0: I expected to come into this being like, this is just not a good movie, and I don't know why this was made, and I hated it, <laughs> and it's all bad and it should go away. Okay, die hard five, everybody. So uh, <laughs> Okay, so so do, do, you want to, do you want to go first? You seem to be always more prepared than I am when it comes to some of this stuff. Or do you need a moment for me to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, don't, don't, no, so don't let me sway your opinion. If okay. you don't think this deserves a sequel, if you're done with it, that's fine. I'm, my, my goal here isn't to sway you. It's mm-hmm. just to let you know where I'm at. Does this movie deserve a sequel? Yes. Okay. But, caveat, caveat, caveat. <laughs> John is done. If they're gonna make another one of these, we follow Lucy. That's we don't even need to bring Justin Long back. Mm-hmm. We don't we can have references to John, but at this point in time, we saw her as a peripheral character be in the wrong place at the wrong time. This family has a, is like a bad penny and always turns up in those situations. I wanna see Lucy McLean step up and be the action hero in another movie. It's it's the opportunity to spin this franchise off and give past the baton and to the unlikely torch carrier. I th- I don't think Lucy is the likely choice to carry this franchise, but I could see a huge potential in doing that in giving Lucy the opportunity to be in a much smaller diehard one level of situation. Have the college be taken over by an active shooter. Have something smaller and contained in a single location for her to survive through to step up and, and, and even going so far as being estranged from John at the beginning of the, whatever her movie would be and leading up to her calling him, like at the end of Die Hard 3, calling John to talk to him. That, that's what the sequel should be. If you're going to do another one of these things, stick with the modern era, and the modern era says badass female. Go, Jeff. I would watch that movie.
0: <laughs> I would I would see that one in a heartbeat because that's that sounds that movie sounds amazing. That to, to to see Lucy take over for John, yes, because that does that gives you that gives you a, a badass female character. It updates it. I love the idea of like it's because it's basically at that point it is a it is a soft reboot, which nowadays is very popular. The whole concept of like well Mm -hmm. you know kind of like well this is not a sequel we're not fully remaking it we're just kind of starting over and going a different direction with everything that movie (laughs) would be very entertaining to watch and yes yes leave john out of it leave him out of it you know she's still his daughter they'll still get references to it but put it on a smaller scale that's much more exciting i i would i would pay to see i would pay to see that diehard film um my answer as to whether or not Woo! this, so very good job, very, very good job. Um, having, pretending that that was not a possible option for a sequel, um, I would say no, that this was a good enough movie. <laughs> so going going off my route, would, does this movie deserve a sequel? No, because I feel like, like you were saying, like John McClane is done after this movie. Because we've shown, look, John's life really has not gotten any better <laughs> in the 20s you know uh, yeah the 20 years that we've been watching his life it's really not any better it's probably not going to get better guess what him and Holly aren't going to magically get back together and everything's going to be all happy and their family's going to be celebrating Christmas you know around a christmas tree and having turkey that's not going to happen yep. that not in that sense nope. <laughs> that time is that ship has sailed but but showing it as like it's He is. John is very much so a relic from an older age. He is not a character that fits well into the modern age. For a man who is as old as he is, if he was twenty years younger, if he was the age he was in Die Hard One and his movies nowadays, yes, he would totally be doing the Jason Bourne thing, Mission Impossible style. But John <laughs> McClane has been established to be an aging character. He is becoming Murtal from Lethal Weapon. He's getting too old to do this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. Like he, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say that in one of these movies. Like he has become too old to be doing what he's doing, and. It, this movie was, you know, yes, it's 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 good to see John acting again after all these years and in modern day. But at the same time, where they left it off, I'm like, you know what? this it, In my head, it proves that John does not belong in the modern day. Let us just go, yep, nice seeing you again, John. Hopefully, you know, you'll live off and be okay, but... We're gonna just kind of happy <laughs> go trails.
1: From there, so. happy trails, John. Happy um, trails.
0: I, I think that was a good episode. I think that was a great episode that we. Yeah, had, we. Uh,
1: I. It was nice because we didn't agree. That's I true. I feel like we had some. Uh, the reason our conversations went a little bit longer is because uh, there was a, some disagreements. <laughs>
0: And I, uh, I, I will say that that's always the best. Uh, that's the be- That's the best program. That's the best entertainment. Was when people don't agree. Yeah, <laughs> when people argue. When people complain. Look, this
1: this Die Hard, Die Hard Four is a cool movie. Yes. And I I I say it's a cool movie. I say it's worth going back and checking out. And in particular, it's the better of the more recent Die Hard movies. Oh. And I'm definitely uh, interested to. Watch that next one with you. Oh, <laughs> that's not really boding well. I know
0: the next one. I, 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 <laughs> I, am, I am waiting. Oh, okay. So forewarning everybody listening to this show, expect... Me to just be apparently complaining the entire episode, <laughs> because I know uh, the but l- no. Th-
1: this one was fun. <laughs> this one was
0: fun. Yes, this was a lot of fun. I-, I I will agree with that. I yeah. Do I love it as much as like Die Hard one and three? No. Um. I I think no 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 no. I I I think I like Die Hard two more, but this is still a decent, uh, modern. Modern, it's still a decent entry in the franchise. You can still watch it and enjoy it and have fun. Just don't go into it expecting it to be Die Hard 1 or 2 or 3. It's not. It is very much so the next step. It's the modern version of the Die Hard films, but... Whatever, we can deal with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some people out there who will wildly disagree with us, particularly me, because I gave this movie a lot more credit than I think some people think it deserves. I think you give it more credit than I think it deserves, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, at least I can back up my arguments. Yes,
0: and that is when we win as people. As long as you can back up your arguments, I don't care. (laughs) I actually had nothing to say for that. Anyways, so with that, everybody, that is the end of this episode episode four and I'm so happy we were able to record it again and and you know we'll have episode five come out episode five the next episode part five a good day to die hard
1: (laughs) is it Jeff is it a good
0: day only to
1: die (laughs) hard only
0: if the question is in relation to the film franchise
1: you can't you can't see me right now but my my ha- my head is already in my hands just eyes eyes closed I'm rubbing the bridge of my nose right now uh, Ch- I, th- this is a little sneak preview of what people have to look forward to in episode 5 but hey that's
0: for next time. that's for next time everybody so hopefully you guys all enjoyed us and by all means definitely like uh like like and subscribe to us on itunes if you want to do please leave comments or if you haven't yet please go over to the facebook page that's right guys because i can't remember if we we had this up for the last time i believe right um but, yeah, we did. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, that's right, because I released. I got the I had the Facebook page up for the first episode. So yeah, definitely. If you haven't yet, be sure to go over to the Facebook page because that is where we'll post comments in regards to the new episodes, when the new episodes go live, any comments we have, any things we want we that you guys wish to tell us or comment on, or if you didn't agree with us or you did agree with us, please leave comments on the post for this. Also, if an episode is <laughs> going to be delayed, we'll definitely tell you there as well. So go over to Facebook.com/slash. Fran Schman F-R-A-N-S-H-M-A-N It's fun, right? It was a lot easier than franchise (laughs) Schmanchize It's too long for a Facebook page So anyways
1: Man, yeah, Frenchman, yeah.
0: Frenchman. So, Frenchman, and there might be T-shirts eventually if people want T-shirts. I think I would love to have a Frenchman. Oh. I would love to have a Frenchman T-shirt. Just saying. So, merch. If anybody out there That'd wants be Fran- to make that,
1: Frenchman merch,
0: <laughs> Frenchman merch. <laughs> We're just trying to make as most complicated you. You. Of you. URLs as possible. <laughs> we, want, <laughs> we want everybody to have a mouthful when they're speaking. Um, so, TC, real quick before we head out, is there anything you wish to plug or anywhere that be? Able can find you or anything along those lines
1: yes if you are if you are on itunes checking frenchman out you can uh, just mosey on over to the rewatchman which is my weekly movie and entertainment podcast with bento uh so you can check that out um we tend to go a lot longer uh but uh typically we uh we uh will discuss a we will re-watch re-review movie so similar to what we're doing with this very specific franchise re-watch we find random movies and re-watch them and see if they hold up Uh, Additionally, check out The BitLife Show on YouTube, where I do a one minute rewatch. So if you want a really condensed version of me talking about films (laughs) and a video, nonetheless, you can check out the one minute rewatch over at The BitLife Show on YouTube. And uh, if you're on The BitLife Show on
0: YouTube, you can also check out my bit by block. I'm taking a little bit of a break for the moment, but I will eventually get back to it as well. Where I recreate stuff in Minecraft. I should recreate the city of New York in Minecraft for Die Hard. (sighs) (laughs) oh please don't let me do that that'd be horrible that'd be way too much building i would go crazy oh my goodness anywho (laughs) so with that everybody i thank you guys very much for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode and we shall see you guys next time with the final entry into the Die Hard franchise, our final one. So what we'll do is we'll, next last, next week's episode, well, next time's episode will be the final episode for this franchise where we will also recap the franchise as a whole. So it'll be a little longer than normal, but uh, we'll still have fun. It'll be exciting, or maybe it won't be longer. It might be two minutes of me bitching about the movie and being like, nope, we're just talking about the recap. We're done <laughs> with this movie. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> all right, everybody. We've stretched this awesome. out long enough. So, Well, thanks for having me on, Jeff. Thank you, TC, for being here again, as always. And we'll see you guys all next time on Franchise Schmanchise. Goodbye. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm waving right now.
1: I can see you. Oh,
0: no. Oh. I got to get that camera hidden. <laughs> Bye, TC. Bye-bye. <laughs> This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media. Proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at (laughs) www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.